What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That account, E-T-H-O-S, Fantasy BB, that's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, news and notes, polls. Every bit of baseball content gets shared out over there, so make sure you guys are checking it out. I'd remind you guys, if you haven't done so already, to rate and review the show if you guys have liked what you've heard. It really does help us here uh, in the offseason when it's kind of a downturn in terms of uh, baseball viewership uh, on content right now, whether it's podcasts, YouTube videos, tweets, whatever, articles. Uh, you guys can really help us out here by hitting that subscribe button, by hitting the five-star review button as well. That really does go a long way. Now, we are going to continue talking about catchers. This will be the last catcher show for now. We are going to do another one later on before the season starts to preview the position. Right now, we're just kind of taking an initial look back and seeing what we have uh, in terms of 2023 performances. And we're kind of at the end of the real portion of value we went through the top 20 catchers so far we did uh, 10 a piece on the part one and part two shows you guys can go check them out from the uh, end of last week today I'm just going to talk about some guys that just missed out on that top 20 that I still think are going to be kind of interesting they still had generally kind of good seasons or in a couple of cases uh, there were guys we expected a lot more of who didn't really turn out the way that they uh, were expected to one guy in particular but we're going to start off with a guy who just narrowly missed that top 20. It was Jake Rogers for the Detroit Tigers. Jake Rogers had a really good season in only 107 games for a catcher, of course. We're talking here. We're not talking about a great season in terms of actual relevance. Like, that's the thing with catcher. Everybody just kind of get pushed up a little bit just because of the the relative scarcity at the position, but he did hit 21 homers, 49 RBIs, uh, 47 runs scored, and he even stole a base, only a 221 batting average. But in a lot of leagues, he was a pretty decent fill-in, especially in two-catcher leagues if you were able to get him. That's pretty damn good. Uh, now he's arbitration eligible this next season. He should be back as the Tigers' starting catcher next season. Uh, as far as I see it, there's no reason to think that he won't be. And I think that you could probably expect something relatively similar you know, you're probably going to be looking at in terms of games played. You're not going to get too many catchers that really push up that much higher than this. About 110, 120 is the most you can expect for a lot of guys. Now, there will be some. Your Adley Rutschmans of the world that do go over. But, you know, 107, 110 games, that's probably what you're going to get out of Jake Rogers. I don't love the overall profile in terms of, you know, the huge strikeout rate. Uh, the walk rate's not amazing either it's 7.7 which is fine but when you're striking out 32.3 percent of the time it is kind of rough the batting average is rough he is more of a guy who you could target as a c2 if you are in a two catcher league if you're in one catcher leagues i don't think that jake rogers is going to be somebody that cuts it necessarily but you know you never you can never say never if he does get to that like 130 game threshold which is definitely possible i don't think it's likely but it's possible then you could very well see him go for 30 home runs, and in that case, he he would be a lot more valuable. But I think as of right now, Jake Rogers is probably not somebody that the average fantasy player is going to need to worry about drafting next season. There's a chance if you're playing in a in a one-catcher 15-team league, if you kind of wait on the position and, and take a guy uh, later on in the draft, then you can maybe argue, you could probably make the argument uh, that he would be a top 15 catcher. But I don't think you have to go out of your way uh, to be going and getting Jake Rogers. I think he's fine, but not exceptional. He's a pretty standard uh, boilerplate kind of catcher. Good power, but I don't think he stands out too much for me. 
Let's move on to the next guy. He does definitely stand out a lot for me. I'm a huge fan. He was drafted as a Blue Jay, came up as a Blue Jay, and of course he was traded last offseason. God, it still kills me. Along with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in exchange for Dalton Varsho, and this would be, of course, Gabriel Moreno, who we have seen pop off and hit three dingers in the postseason. Over the course of the regular season, not overly exceptional. In his 111 games, seven homers, six stolen bases. He had 33 runs, 50 RBI, and he had a 284 batting average. The stolen bases are really nice. The high batting average is also really nice. If he is able to unlock power like we've seen during the postseason here, he he's going to be ridiculous. I, I am a huge proponent that Gabriel Moreno is somebody that is going to be undervalued because of the lack of power that he has. He's not, a, he's not a huge power guy, but I don't think he needs to be a huge, huge power guy to have value. Even if he's only a 15 home run guy, 16 home run guy, which I think he can definitely get to. We saw over the course of his minor league career that, you know, over the course, like per games in 2019, uh, you're seeing good home run per game kind of statistics. 12 homers in 82 games in low A. If you look in 2021, he had eight homers in 32 games. Like he has shown that per game kind of upside in terms of power. Not to say it's going to be crazy, but it doesn't need to be crazy considering he's a catcher who is on an up and coming team. He's going to get regular at bats. He is stealing bases and he's going to hit for a high batting average. He is definitely somebody that you can project as close to a 300 hitter behind the plate. Really athletic guy, so you can probably bank on you know between six to ten kind of steals going forward. We're still talking about a twenty-three year old. He's going to be twenty-four next season, but I I think Gabriel Moreno is going to challenge Adley Rutschman for that number one catcher spot in fantasy. I, I really do. It might not be next season, but I think given I know give it a couple of years, we'll see Gabriel Moreno as I think at worst the top two or three catcher in fantasy. The profile is so good. That team around him is just going to keep getting better and better. It looks like they got really nice cornerstone pieces in him and Corbin Carroll and a few others, Jordan Lawler, and there's just a plethora of talent there. I think that we're just going to see him go and skyrocket. So he's definitely somebody that I would target in one catcher leagues next season. He is going to be ranked inside of my top 12. I do not have any kind of formalized ranking or projection uh, for catchers or for him. But he is definitely somebody that I think you can comfortably say is a top 12 catcher and somebody that you will be targeting in in your one catcher leagues. Absolutely no doubt about it from where I'm standing. I'm going to talk about the next two guys in tandem because they are joined together. They are Danny Jansen and they are Alejandro Kirk. Let's start with Danny Jansen. The thing with him is always health. If Danny Jansen was healthy for a whole season, he would easily be a top five or seven catcher with the power that he has displayed. We see it every single season. The only problem is over the last three seasons, you're looking at 86 games, 72 games and 70 games. He's just not getting there on a volume standpoint to be able to return positive value on your investment, which is not terribly high generally, but you're still having to pay up a little bit uh, in your two catcher leagues for a guy like Danny Jansen, which I, I, I mean, it's just kind of the nature of two catcher leagues, but he's somebody that you just can't, really rely on now that being said it hasn't really been his fault this year we saw him miss a lot of time and it ended his season just based on getting hit by a pitch and he's somebody who seems to have a magnetic pull when it comes to getting hit by pitches but the actual skills are really good for a catcher for anybody we see a lot of power we see the ability to hit for a decent batting average not like a crazy high batting average but I think he can be like a 250 ish kind of hitter I think that's absolutely within the realm there it all comes down to health and one of these years he's probably going to spike a healthy season these guys who are injury prone generally, it doesn't hit them every single year of their career. 
it doesn't. And you can look back on a lot of different examples and guys that are you know, considered injury prone. They have a year where they play 150 games, and then that's kind of it. George Springer was somebody, you know, just thinking about another Blue Jay who we were kind of thinking, oh, he's, he's injury prone. He's going to miss a lot of games. He's not somebody that you can really rely on. And granted, it was a, a pretty true narrative there for a couple seasons. 2019, he missed 40 games. Uh, 2021, skipping over the short season, he only played 78 games. And then last two seasons, he's played 133 and 154 games. And now the narrative is kind of just gone there. And Danny Jansen could easily just have a year where he's not getting plunked by pitches and not having kind of freak injuries and go out there and play 120 games, hit you 25 homers, have great counting stats in that Blue Jay lineup, and then return top five or seven value as a catcher. I could definitely see it. It's going to happen one of these years. Whether or not it's next year, I have no idea. And I'm probably not going to be gambling on it so much in a one-catcher league. I think he's kind of on the fringe of somebody like you can take him if you're in a 12-team league with, you know, pick 250 or 260 as your catcher and kind of just see how it goes. But I think there are probably a lot safer options out there who also do not have to compete with somebody else in terms of playing time, and that would be Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk was a huge miss by myself, by everybody pretty much this season in the analytics community and everywhere, really. Uh, He was projected for one of the loftiest catcher seasons that you can look at if you look at historical projections in terms of the WRC plus in terms of everything he looked like he was going to be incredible and he had an awful season he batted 250 which was really really not something we were expecting of all the things that surprised me the most is the fact that his batting average suffered because his profile and his career stats to date before the season were always that of a really high batting average catcher the power was always in question He had 14 home runs in 2022 in 139 games. I was personally thinking he could probably replicate that, get in the 15 to 20 range. Regressing back to eight was terrible. Now, the plate skills are still good. The walk rate is still 10%. The strikeout rate is still 10%. Those are both well above average numbers. Strikeout rate at 10% is absurd, but he's just putting the ball on the ground, and it's either a double play or a ground ball out every single time with Kirk, and that's the way it was this season. I don't think you can say that it's going to be this bad going forward every year. Now, we probably have to regress those very lofty projections we had for him, which were, you know, one of the best catcher projections of all time. We're going to have to probably resize that, but I think he can still be somebody that hits close to 300. In the 270 to 280 range, if he's hitting you 12, 13 home runs, it's like Gabriel Moreno without the speed. If you are getting a catcher who has a high batting average right there, they are pretty much valuable regardless of what else is going on, as long as they're not doing like absolutely nothing in the other categories. If you have a catcher who's hitting anywhere above 260, then they are pretty much a must-roster player regardless of your format. Kirk can do that while also being in an incredible lineup, and we saw you know that all go right in 2022. He batted 285, 14 homers, 63 ribbies. It was a very, very good season. I'm probably going to have him rank somewhere on the back end of the 12-team radar. Like I think that he's still somebody that you draft in a 12-team league because he is still going to get a lot of playing time. The Blue Jays have shown that. And the way that Danny Jansen gets hurt and the way that you know catchers get rotated in and out and he will DH sometimes, he'll still get the playing time. I, I just... I don't know. He's not going to be somebody that is like a huge target. You could also flip that around and say he should be a huge target because the price is going to be pretty severely discounted. There's a lot of drafts. Like I took him in that uh, in that first draft that I did, that early draft, and I believe it was round 20 or so in a 15-teamer where I got Alejandro Kirk. It was like close to pick 300 or so as the second catcher on my roster. The first one was Wilson Contreras. The second is Alejandro Kirk. If that hits... Even if he's able to just give a decent season, I think if that's the price relatively going into next season, if you're getting him around pick 300, 
especially in those two catcher leagues, he's going to be a huge bargain. One catcher leagues, I think he's kind of a fringe, you can wait on him kind of guy. If you want to go in there, you can go in there. But I think the real sweet spot for him is going to be getting that discount if you are playing in a two-catcher format. Let's talk about Bo Naylor. Bo Naylor is going to be special. Bo Naylor is already shown that he can be pretty special in 67 games, 11 homers, and five stolen bases. If you're getting stolen bases out of your catcher, it's kind of similar to batting average. If you're getting stolen bases out of that position, that guy is pretty much a must-roster player. Now, you also factor in that there's really a good chance that he can have great power. 11 homers in 67 games is really good power. 232 ISO, 470 slug. This is somebody that we could definitely see hit 20, 25 homers and steal like 10 bases. The lineup around him is relatively questionable. The Cleveland Guardians went from having a really, really excellent team in 2022, offensively speaking, to having a garbage team in 2023. There's a lot of variables there. They're a team that's going to hit for a relatively high batting average. There's not a lot of power. He can be a source of power and put him in the right spot in that lineup. And I think if he is batting as the four or the five in that order, I think we could probably see him give you close to 100 RBI. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen necessarily, but he's only batted in the bottom third of the batting order this season, and he still put up really good numbers. Like those, those. I mean, most of his appearances where he was batting eighth or ninth, only four times he batted seventh, and yet he still, over those 67 games, was able to give you nearly a run or an RBI per game. 65 of them in 67 games. You move him up into a sweet spot in the order, and I think there's a decent likelihood we see that with Bo Naylor next year, and you're probably looking at somebody who can give you combined like 170 or so runs and RBIs. You're maybe looking at 85 and 85 if that offense is able to rebound, which is definitely a possibility with Quan and Ramirez hypothetically batting right in front of him. You know, I think that there could be a sweet spot opportunity for Bo Naylor if the Guardians play it right. I think they're going to take the, you know, take the kid gloves off. He's going to play a whole season, I would expect. Suited up every single time behind the dish last year. Uh, 67 appearances, all of them as a catcher. There was no designated hitter appearances, but I still think you're going to see him play quite a bit as a young guy, as an athletic guy. You're going to see him play. The batting average is not going to be terribly sexy. Probably, I mean, it's not going to be bad. For a catcher, you're probably looking at 230, 240. But given everything else he's doing, I think Bo Naylor is very easily a top 10 catcher for next season. Definitely, definitely, definitely somebody that you need to be taking a look at and not somebody that's probably going to have a a huge amount of press around him. If you're playing in a league with your friends, you know, he's a guy that you could probably get depending on the kind of preseason hype he gets. And maybe he will get up some hype. Uh, Odds are he will. I don't know what your home leagues are like. My home leagues, my friends, uh, I don't know. They pay attention to some degree, but there's definitely still opportunities to take advantage of them because of the effort that I put into fantasy and the information that I absorb and the research I do. You can take advantage there. And a guy like Bo Naylor playing for the Guardians on a team that, you know, stinks, you know, really, they do stink. Last year, they did stink. But there is a chance for a bounce back. He is somebody who has a very high ceiling as a prospect, and he's still you know, just outside of that, only 230 at-bats, 238 at-bats in the big leagues. We could see him really pop off, and I think a lot of it is situation-dependent because the skills are there for him to succeed. It's a matter of if the organization puts any roadblocks in his way, whether it be sticking him at the bottom of the order or not doing anything in terms of adding any potency to that offense. They they could they could do things that are either going to hurt or help him. We're going to have to see how that plays out in the offseason, and that will impact how I view him. But overall, right now, uh, Bo Naylor is going to be a huge, a huge target. So definitely somebody to keep an eye out on uh, in your drafts. I don't think he's going to be terribly expensive. Might be able to get him uh, in those last couple of rounds. 
Let's talk Logan O'Hoppy, somebody that I was pretty interested in this year. He obviously got off to a pretty decent start. He got hurt. I did not expect him to come back. Uh, once he was out, I thought that the report was he was done for the year, and he was expected to be done for the year, and he came back uh, in the middle of August and actually wasn't too bad. He ended up in only his 51 games, hitting 14 homers, batted 236, 29 RBIs, and 23 runs. The problem with Logan O'Hoppy is the team is going to be I think really, really bad around him. I don't know what they're going to do that's going to make this team even plausibly decent. I think Otani is gone. We all know that. Trout, there's even talk of Trout being gone, and if that happens, for sure. I mean, really, we don't know, right? We don't really know what Otani's going to do. Maybe he does go back to the Angels. I know everybody has written it off, including myself, long ago, but maybe he goes back, maybe Trout's there, and maybe Ohapi is in an incredible RBI position, a couple spots behind them in the order. I think the likeliest possibility here is that Ohapi is probably a four or a five hitter on a team that really sucks next season. And he's probably going to get a lot of at-bats. So there's probably going to be, from a volume standpoint, the ability for him to have 12-team relevance. But I think, I mean, it's going to have to come from the power. Uh, his, his value is going to have to be pretty power-dependent. Those 14 homers in 51 games, is that a realistic pace for him? Probably not. You know, you're talking about a 45 or so home run pace there. But you're probably looking at somebody who can hit 25. And if he can hit 25, and even if there's like a reasonable lineup around him with that 236, 240 range kind of average, then there will probably be value. I think as of right now, he is a fringe 12-team guy for me. I don't think that I'm going to be terribly interested just because of the situation. But it, it really is a shame because the power and I think the skills are generally there. He's not somebody who's going to have a terribly low batting average. You know, the power like is, is very legit. It's just a matter of I don't know that there's ever going to be anybody on base for him to actually be driving in when he hits those home runs. He had 14 homers this year and 29 RBI. Only scored 23 runs. Now, I know he didn't play a lot, but to only have 29 RBI with 14 home runs, it's not amazing. It's, it's not great. So we're going to have to kind of see what happens with the Angels. They're a huge variable heading into the offseason. As of now, I think Ohapi is somebody that, again, if you get your if you get him with your last couple of rounds and your 12 teamer, and he is your catcher going into the season, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be terribly um, you know hurt by that. I think that'd be fine. I think I think either way, he's just not somebody that really excites me, and it's not because of him. It's really just because of the Angels and the uncertainty there. But we got to just keep an eye because he could end up being somebody that I'm very interested in if they do pull a rabbit out of the hat and they keep Trout and they keep Otani and you know they seem to be getting their shit together then. I'll have more interest. But as of now, I got to say, I'm generally leaning more towards being out as much as I love the player and the skills. Let's talk about one more guy and then we will wrap up catcher for the next couple months. We won't talk about it again. That's Henry Davis. Henry Davis is somebody that I think could be really interesting and another guy that's not going to probably get a ton of press in your home leagues. Now he could, he was a number one overall pick, but he's not somebody who is going to go into the year with catcher eligibility, which I think is going to be the sneaky part of it. He's going to go into the year with outfield eligibility and then gain catcher eligibility. He only caught twice. Now, they have said he is going to be catching more next season, which is really good because from what we saw, he's somebody who has a very high walk rate, he's somebody who can hit home runs and also steal bases. With catcher eligibility, Whether you know he doesn't need to play that much in season to gain the eligibility, and I think they have said they're going to play him. In season, depending on your on your platform, it's either five or ten games. He'll get that to go along with outfield eligibility. 
And then at that point, even if he doesn't catch a ton down the stretch, you have somebody who is outfield eligible. Like, let's say it doesn't pan out for him. They try him out for a few weeks as a catcher, and they you know decide that they want him in the outfield more, which I don't even think is going to happen, but they could because they have other catching prospects. Then you're still fine with it because he has the eligibility. And then you're getting somebody who is playing probably every day in the outfield who is a power speed threat. And, you know, I don't think there's a ton to love about the lineup, but you're getting power and speed from a catcher who is not going to be necessarily catching every day. And maybe he is, right? Maybe he is, but I don't think that he's going to be somebody who has a, a crazy high workload behind the plate. And I still do think there is a chance that they move him out to make room for Andy Rodriguez. I don't know if that's 100% going to happen, but I think there's definitely a possibility uh, that Henry Davis is not the 100% long-term catcher of the future. You'd have to ask like a prospect people uh, more about that because that's my speculation, how accurate that is. I, I, I don't know, but I think considering they've already shown him, um, shown that they will use him in the outfield, maybe they see Andy Rodriguez as a guy that they will be more comfortable using uh, behind the plate. But either way, they've said they're going to try him out, and trying him out means that there is almost no chance that he doesn't get the eligibility. In your drafts, you know, you might have to stream a catcher for a week. That's fine. You know, even if it's you're taking Henry Davis with your second last pick and you're taking some other random catcher to stream, I'll take the chance just based on the raw skills alone. And I think the situation will be will be enough for him to actually play uh, a decent amount. But that'll do it. That's Catcher for us. If you guys missed the first couple shows, I recommend going and checking them out. We went through the number one through 20 catchers uh, over on the Yahoo Player Ranker. You got any questions? Reach out over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. You can also uh, follow us over on Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. That's where all the content gets posted out from. So make sure you guys are checking us out. And if you're not on social media, SportsEthos.com is the place to be. The NBA season starts tomorrow. Definitely want to be checking out all of our great NBA content. Go follow the newsfeed, EthosFantasyBK. Nearly uh, at the 10K follower mark on that page. So we're going to be hitting it probably tomorrow or the day after. But make sure you guys are checking it out because it is a very quick news feed with analysis uh, on the NBA side. Something that we will have eventually here on the MLB side as well. But that'll do it, guys. Again, check us out on socials. But until tomorrow, take care. Have a great night. And cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 